0: It's Wednesday, August 16th. I'm Juanita Tolliver. And I am Priyanka Arabindi, and this is What A Day, where we are flying to Belgium for a college course on the literary
1: merits of Taylor Swift. We're going to Ghent University, and the tuition's only 1200 USD. Like, that's feasible. If we learned anything from the Eras tour, doesn't
0: matter if you get into the class. The flights and the <laughs> hotels, cancelable. So do that first.
1: This sounds like some personal experience, Priyanka. That's a good thing to know. <laughs> On today's show, we talk with Chief Chuck Hoskin of the Cherokee Nation about what he hopes for his new term.
2: The Cherokee Nation not only is alive and well, but we are, I think, one of the greatest forces for good in the part of the world that we occupy.
1: Plus, Kiki Palmer and Usher release a new song seemingly aimed at her ex. Sorry to this man, but actually not really. He did it to himself. Yeah, hate to say it, (laughs) hope I don't sound ridiculous, I
0: don't know who that man is, (laughs) but first let's recap the big news of the week. Donald Trump, another man who I wish I didn't know, was indicted for a fourth time. The criminal charges were issued on Monday in Fulton County, Georgia, where Atlanta is. He is accused of racketeering and other felonies all with the intent to overturn the state's 2020 election results where he lost. A couple details to add on to what we told you yesterday. Trump now faces a total of 91 criminal counts across four separate cases. That is... A lot, if you were keeping track at home. A
1: lot to count. Like, I'm like, come on. And isn't it also in four different states? Because he's got a lot of road to cover. He's
0: <laughs> got a lot going on. This case in Georgia might have the most serious punishment, actually, because it's in a state court, not federal court. That is because if he becomes president again, he cannot pardon himself if he is convicted. Presidents can only pardon federal crimes. A Republican governor in Georgia can't pardon Trump either. A five-person board does it in that state. And they can only do that five years after the convicted has served their sentence. So really no worming your way out of this one. The maximum sentence for racketeering, 20 years, which Juanita, you pointed out,
1: we shouldn't be rooting for people to go to prison. I don't often do it, but in this case, I'm like, do it. Do not pass go. Yeah, it's a rare (laughs) exception. However,
0: one of Trump's 18 co-defendants, Mark Meadows, his former chief of staff, filed to try and get the case moved to federal court. That and the trial date are still being worked out. So as we wait to bring you updates, you can get more takes and analysis from Pod Save America on a bonus episode that dropped Monday night. Get it wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Now let's take a little trip on over to Texas, where even after the state banned abortion and cut off healthcare funding, state leaders continue their anti-abortion crusade against Planned Parenthood. There was a hearing yesterday in the state's federal lawsuit against the organization seeking more than $1.8 billion in reimbursement, penalties, and fees. It's pretty sickening, but in spite of all of this, the clinic's doors are still open. Considering that Planned Parenthood provides birth control, mammograms, cancer screenings, and other forms of preventative care, I'm just grateful that they're still there. And if Texas does have its way, how are folks going to get this access to care? It's almost like doing the most harm possible has always been the goal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what exactly is the basis of the state's claim here?
1: Well, recently impeached Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton filed a lawsuit last year claiming that Planned Parenthood lost the right to receive Medicaid reimbursement in February 2017. That's when the state filed to remove Planned Parenthood as a Medicaid provider, even though a federal district court blocked the state's notice of termination. As the state and Planned Parenthood fought this out in court for three years, Planned Parenthood continued to see patients and bill Medicaid for reimbursements, and the billings totaled to about $10 million. But in 2021, Texas ultimately won its push to get Planned Parenthood kicked out of the Medicaid program. Since Paxton has promised to effectively end Planned Parenthood's operations in Texas since 2015, this is his attempt to follow through on a campaign promise, of course, to the detriment of the patients who receive care through the Texas Planned Parenthood. Honestly, it's all very nasty work.
0: Yeah, what a hateful man and hateful party. So what is the outlook for this lawsuit?
1: It's pretty bleak, especially since known anti-abortion advocate Judge Matthew Kaczmarek is overseeing this case. Yep, that's the same dude who halted federal approval of Mifepristone back in April. Yeah, his name is familiar for all of the wrong reasons. Right, and it's giving big yikes. And while the hearing happened yesterday, no witnesses were called and the proceedings were not broadcast. There's no telling how or when Judge Kasmerick will rule, but I've got a hunch. Throughout this legal process, Planned Parenthood has maintained that this lawsuit is meritless. And in a statement, they noted that they are preparing for a variety of scenarios, but it's not looking good. Tough news. Thank you for that update,
0: Juanita. Moving on now, this week, the Cherokee Nation swore in its leader, Chief Chuck Hoskin. Monday was the first day of his second term leading the most populous tribe in the country. He was first elected to the role back in 2019, and just this June, he was re-elected for another four-year term.
1: I mean, that's really exciting, and he clearly must be doing some great things to be re-elected for another four-year term. So what did he accomplish in those first four years?
0: Yeah, so during his tenure, the tribal budget more than tripled with the help of federal funding, and the Cherokee Nation also reached its own $75 million settlement with opioid distributors. Also during his time in office, the Supreme Court ruled that a large part of Oklahoma remained under tribal jurisdiction, not the states, when it came to pursuing certain crimes. The Cherokee Nation also saw progress in the effort to seat a tribal delegate in Congress, a promise that was made nearly two centuries ago. We will get more into that later. A lot of exciting things to look forward to.
1: Yeah. So progress with funding, progress with retaining land in Oklahoma and progress with representation. That is huge. Right. I'm also thinking about how just this year we saw the high court uphold key parts of the Indian Child Welfare Act or ICWA. A major win for the rights of Native Americans, but do you know what Chief Hoskin has in store for his next term? Yeah, I was actually
0: able to chat with him earlier about his priorities and plans for the Cherokee Nation going into his second term. There are some really exciting things in the works. I started by asking him about that nearly 200-year-old promise that I mentioned earlier to seat a tribal delegate in Congress, specifically where it stands and who he nominated to the position back in 2019.
2: Well, our nominee to that seat is Kim Teehee, somebody who's really perfect for the position, just in terms of giving the legal context, going back to that period of our forced removal in the 1830s when Andrew Jackson is trying to solve this Cherokee problem by pushing us across the map as brutally as he could. That was Indian removal, what uh, many Americans know today as the Trail of Tears. That was based upon a treaty, which itself is infamous, which is the Treaty of New Echota. That treaty contains a very powerful sentence, and it says that the Cherokee Nation shall be entitled to a delegate in the United States House of Representatives when Congress shall make provision for the same. And we recognize it certainly as a law that is still in effect. We hadn't actually asserted that right until 2019 when I appointed Kim Tehee, and we've gone to Congress, ever since then, asking them to make good on the promise. Where we are is the Congress, for the first time in the House of Representatives in November of 2022, held a hearing. Now, there's a lot of hearings that happen in Congress every day. Here's why this is significant. We made the Congress re-examine our removal treaty for the first time, really, since Congress and through the Senate ratified the treaty. In other words, the United States was fine to use this treaty to move us across the map and to dispossess our people of their possessions and of their rights just about any cost. More difficult has been getting the Congress to re-examine the legal obligations that still remain. And so that, in and of itself, I think was a victory, but we've got to build on that, getting the House of Representatives to take the action of ceding Kim Teehee. That's something we've not achieved yet, but we're still working on.
0: Right. So, moving forward what are your main priorities for this next term in office well
2: we've got to finish some of the uh, efforts that we've undertaken so in the cherokee nation what i love about being chief of the cherokee nation is that we can undertake some public policy priorities that i think most americans frankly favor let's take health care for example no-cost healthcare for our citizens is a priority. And so we put resources into that. We're in the midst of building a $400 million hospital. We're in the midst of taking money we exacted from the drug industry, from the opioid industry, and putting that into new drug treatment centers. We're building wellness centers. We're doing all of this to create the infrastructure for wellness in the Cherokee Nation. We've gotta continue some of those projects and finish those. We also are in the midst of revitalizing Cherokee language and culture. Culture. We're down to about 2,000 fluent speakers, but we've got a generation of uh, young people coming up that are learning the language because we're putting dollars into investing in programs to serve them and help them become teachers, translators, fluent speakers make a living using our language, Mm -hmm. and then fighting to protect sovereignty every single day. I mean, in the state of Oklahoma, we're up against some leadership in this state through the governor's office that attacks tribal sovereignty, but we've also got a great many friends. And so trying to navigate all of that in a way that preserves sovereignty is something that's uh, gonna take a lot of time in this term.
0: Definitely, some very exciting things on the horizon, it seems. In your inauguration speech, you discussed building towards a quote, great Cherokee century. So I'm curious, what does that look like to you? What is your vision for the future of the Cherokee Nation?
2: Well, a great Cherokee century is one in which we are achieving a lot of these goals that we share as as Cherokee people, protecting sovereignty, making sure the United States lives up to not only the promise with respect to the delegate to Congress, but every promise that the United States has made in these treaties, making sure that we're respected by the state of Oklahoma, making sure that we're investing in our people in a way that lifts everybody up. So that means making sure we're investing in the baseline of things so people can succeed. And that surely means health care, making sure people don't have to worry about health care and that we build towards this model of wellness for the Cherokee people.
0: Earlier this month, President Biden designated a new national monument near the Grand Canyon, a move that conserves lands that are sacred to indigenous peoples and was also part of a larger effort to combat climate change. I know this wasn't on Cherokee land, but I'd love to know what you think about efforts like these from the federal government and what you'd like to see moving forward.
2: Well, I absolutely applaud it. I mean, it shows respect for Indian country when you have an administration not only led by the president, but led by Deb Holland, the secretary of the interior that is sensitive to the tribe's priorities and certainly this particular uh, designation was important to multiple tribes in terms of their ancestral lands. I think it's wonderful. I think we need more of it. I think we saw during the previous administration, actually the contraction of public lands. And I think we saw some sacrifices in terms of uh, not protecting lands that were important to native peoples. i am thinking of the Bears Ears Monument, for example, that was restored under the Biden administration. We've gotta be moving towards The expansion of protecting tribal lands, not moving the opposite direction. So I think this is a positive, and it doesn't matter where in the country it happens. I think the Cherokee Nation ought to be uh, behind it, and we are behind it.
0: That was my conversation with the chief of the Cherokee Nation, Chuck Hoskin, and that is the latest for now. (music) Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. President Biden said on Tuesday that he plans to visit Maui to survey the damage caused by the deadly wildfires that have claimed 99 lives as of our recording time at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Take a listen.
1: My wife Jill and I are going to travel to Hawaii as soon as we can. That's what I've been talking to the governor about. I don't want to get in the way. I've been to too many disaster areas, but I want to go make sure we got everything they need.
0: This is the first time the president has publicly addressed the tragedy since declaring a federal emergency last week, and the response to his travel announcement was mixed, to say the least. Many Republicans have used Biden's silence on the matter over the past few days to paint him as incompetent, accusing him of not doing enough to support those in need. Very rich, coming from that group of people. But White House officials have pushed back, pointing to the FEMA workers on the ground providing aid to survivors right now as a testament to Biden's commitment. Meanwhile, locals seem more concerned with their communities and their land as they rebuild. Many residents say that they've been contacted by people taking advantage of the disaster and posing as real estate agents, asking if they are interested in selling their damaged property for development, which is disgusting. Governor Josh Green told reporters on Monday that he and the state's attorney general were looking into how they can institute a moratorium on any sales of damaged land in Maui during this time. It has barely been a week and the vultures have already swooped in. It is... Disgusting, really disgusting.
1: Read the room first and foremost, but also, why are you trying to scam victims? Like, these are people who lost everything and people who they love. Like, come on. Yeah, stick to the robocalls, stick to the Nigerian Prince emails. Like, why are you doing this? Starting this week, student loans for over 800,000 people will be canceled. These are people who have made the required 20 to 25 years of payments on income-driven repayment plans. Education Undersecretary James Quall called it unacceptable that there were people who qualified for loan forgiveness who had yet to receive it. The debt cancellation plan could only begin because on Monday, a federal judge dismissed a lawsuit by two conservative groups trying to block it. The Cato Institute and the Mackinac Center for Public Policy argued earlier this month that the federal government acted outside of its powers when it announced the $39 billion forgiveness plan. But District Judge Thomas Ludington ruled that the group's locked standing and dismissed the case, allowing the loan forgiveness to begin. To be one of those 800,000 people to wake up to a zero balance must be glorious. Truly. Shout out to the Biden administration for making that happen. 100%.
0: Hearings over Alabama's new congressional map kicked off in federal court on Monday, where Republican state officials defended their decision to not create a second majority black voting district even after the Supreme Court explicitly ordered them to. To refresh your memory, Alabama voters took the state to federal court back in 2022, arguing that its congressional map diluted the power of black voters in violation of the Voting Rights Act. The issue went all the way up to the Supreme Court, where justices sided with the voters in July. Alabama officials were ordered to redo their maps to ensure that black voters were fairly represented, but they didn't listen. Instead, they created two new districts, one of which was fewer than 40% black. State Republicans have shown no willingness to comply and have even floated the possibility of appealing the case up to the Supreme Court again in hopes of flipping a justice in their favor. Just bizarre behavior. (laughs) This week's hearings will tell us whether this legal battle will wrap up quickly or drag on for the years to come, and whatever happens to Alabama's map could help determine which party wins the U.S. House next year i mean very real consequences they are suppressing the votes of people in their state
1: and if they're like expecting a different outcome in the supreme court i really have to guess and assume that alabama has a billionaire in their back pocket who can whisk away one of these justices to get them to change their mind like that's my hypothesis dangling the private chat Activists campaigning against the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center, otherwise known as Cop City, say they have the signatures needed to get the issue on the November ballot. Cop City is the controversial $90 million training center for law enforcement and fire department service workers that the city plans to build in a lower income, predominantly black neighborhood. Protesters of the project are concerned that the construction of Cop City will contribute to the existing system of harmful policing and oppression, in addition to the destruction of green space for local residents. Organizers have until next Monday to submit the signatures they've collected and hope to gather thousands more before then in case any are challenged. That's a very smart move. And it just feels really counterintuitive for them to welcome Cop City in a predominantly black neighborhood where cops will be trained and ultimately probably harm that same community. So I'm with the protesters on this.
3: Absolutely.
0: Michael Ower, the real life subject of the book and movie The Blind Side, claimed that much of the film adaptation was based on a lie created by his supposed adoptive parents. For those who might not remember, the film follows Ower as he is adopted out of poverty by the Tuies, a wealthy white family, and takes his football career to the NFL. But earlier this week, Ower filed a 14-page petition that says that the Toohey's never actually adopted him, and the couple tricked him into making them his conservators when he was 18 years old. Ower said that he didn't make any money from the movie based on his life, which earned more than $300 million. But he alleges that the Tui's and their two children were paid $225,000 plus 2.5% of the film's defined net proceeds. Ower's petition asked the court to end the Tui's conservatorship, force them to pay him his fair share of the profits, and prevent them from using his name and likeness. All of that seems fair. It seems like right. he should get even more than that. They've held him in a conservatorship for how long? In response to the petition, the Tui's claim that they made less than $15,000 from the movie and that they were, quote, insulted by the allegations, which is so far beside the point
1: that, like, I... What? Yeah, I'm like, somebody unearthed these contracts from all these years ago, but also... Growing up in Memphis, I remember when this movie came out and I immediately gave it side. i like, uh, no, I'm weary of any white family picking up a black teenager in the dead of night. Like, I don't wanna see it, I don't support it. So I always had a feeling and this is kind of justifying that gut feeling. Big white savior film. Mm. Not good at the time, not good now. And those are the
0: headlines. We'll be back after some ads with a developing story about a couple fighting and the singer Usher Let's taken it aside.
4: What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever.
3: We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, Okay.
0: What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty.
4: Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach & Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty stores and Ulta.com.
0: Specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, everyone's getting
3: flowers.
0: <laughs> Go to Books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B O U Q S.com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD.
1: It's Wednesday, WAD Squad, and for today's temp check, fighting it out in the comments is tired. Fighting it out by dropping tracks, though? Hmm.
3: Somebody say that your
1: boyfriend's looking for. It's a bop. (laughs) Already, just from the five seconds. (laughs) That is a teaser from the new single called Boyfriend by actress, singer, mother, Kiki Palmer, and Usher. We're recording this at 9.30 Eastern Tuesday night, and it's going to be fully released at 10 a.m. Eastern Wednesday morning, so we haven't heard it in full yet. But Priyanka, just that teaser is already breaking my brain. Yes, so there is a backstory to this track. It is not just
0: catchy. We need to catch all of you up on it. So, Juanita, please do the honors here.
1: Fill everybody in on what exactly is going on. All right, here's the tea. Kiki had a baby earlier this year with her then-boyfriend, Darius Jackson. But July 4th weekend, she went to Usher's Vegas residency, and Usher serenaded her, a video of it posted online. Darius was not there at the time, and he was not happy, to say the least. No, he Was not, but let's (laughs) spell it out. Why was that? You know, just a little bit of misogyny. He didn't like what she was wearing. She was wearing a dope sheer black dress with a bodysuit underneath. Darius tweeted that he, quote, doesn't want the wife and mother to his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others. Let's be real. She was showcasing her own cakes for herself. But alas, Kiki's fans rushed to her defense and the two stopped following each other online and have seemingly broken up, which leads us to this new single by, you know, not only Kiki,
0: but Usher, whose concert she was at. And that lyric, let's run that back for the people. Somebody say that your boyfriend's looking for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Juanita, what do you have to say about that? Okay, first and foremost, I love mess. If you didn't know me, I love mess. Not in my own life, but I love other people's messes. We should know by now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And also... I just want to know who Kiki has working for her because they mobilized since July 4th when all this went down. They mobilized, recorded with Usher, laid the tracks, have a full release coming out today. Like I am sick about the business mind of this woman. She says, I don't care. I don't care if my ex tried to embarrass me. I'm taking the ultimate moment right now. And I love her for it. Priyanka. What do you think?
0: Yeah. She dropped her nameless, faceless ex, which is fine. You can date like a man who is not known, whatever. He shouldn't be like fucking embarrassing you on the internet. That's absolutely not okay. That part. And like shaming you for what you're wearing. No, absolutely no. But she dropped him, not only dropped him, whatever, has a whole breakup, goes to the studio and does this with, of all people, Usher The man whose concert (laughs) She was at It is the clap back To end everything It says everything You need to know It's amazing I love it I love it already And I've only heard Five seconds hooks (laughs) just like that we have checked our temps they are as hot as this drama and we wish every fight from now on results in a new single by usher trump versus desantis single by usher yes me and you
1: we don't have beef we don't have beef but you know who does elon musk and uh facebook mark you know like those two i would love another usher track (laughs) (laughs) facebook mark
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah which one gets to be on the Usher track, though? Mm. I feel like it's Mark.
1: I, I feel like neither, but okay.
0: <laughs> that is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, let Usher fight all your exes, and tell your friends to listen.
1: And if you're into reading and not just a zero on your student loan balance like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Juanita Tolliver. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And, and get, get your, your degree, degree in, in Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Priyanka, I feel like you could teach this class.
0: I do have a, a beginner's mind. I believe I have something <laughs> to learn from, not everybody, but most people. <laughs> I would love to audit. I don't know if I'm flying all the way, but I'd love love to audit one of these classes.
1: Hopefully there's a remote learning option where it's available online. Yes, please. (laughs) What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Our show's producer is Itsy Quintanilla. Raven Yamamoto and Natalie Bettendorf are our associate producers. Our intern is Ryan Cochran, and our senior producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka.
3: So many teenagers waiting to be adopted from foster care feel like their lives are over. They've given up hope of having a permanent home, and are terrified of aging out with no support system. Right now, more than 113,000 children are waiting to be adopted in the U.S. The Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption is dedicated to finding them the right family before it's too late. Learn how you can help at DaveThomasFoundation.org slash learn more.
2: Hey there, Brenda. It's Carol. Exactly. So which leg are we operating on? You mean arm all connected asking the right question can greatly impact your future are you sure you're an orthopedist actually i'm a sagittarius especially when it comes to your finances do you have a question are you a certified financial planner yes i'm a cfp professional cfp professionals are committed to acting in your best interest that's why it's gotta be a cfp find your cfp professional at let's make a plan.org.